a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Saturday show, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Saturday morning, wherever you're tuning in from. We are back. Michelle Bodkin there. Jake Hatch here. Corey behind the glass producing for us this morning. Hope you all are doing great, by the way. Uh, Hope your week's been good. Michelle, what's up? Uh, Just happy to see some bright sunshine this morning. Hopefully it lasts into the afternoon. That would be really great. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of been a crazy couple of weeks because it seems like every afternoon you've got uh, thunderheads kind of popping up and you get thunderstorms rolling through. And obviously that will dampen any plans you have. Yeah, I I mean, I haven't minded it, but let's maybe just have like a full day of sunshine, like just just to mix it up just a little bit. I'm hoping so, because I've got to go from here to help uh, my brother-in-law move into his new house and then I come mm-hmm. back up for Real Salt Lake later. Uh, obviously, moving things in the rain sucks. So, yeah, I'm with you. Just just keep it sunny for yeah. me. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, matters. yeah. Corey, what's up, dude? If I can push the button there. What's going on, y'all? How are we doing? <laughs> I'm glad the mic's fixed this week. We it is. It took a week worth of like kind of tinkering with stuff to really get everything back. To I only had to order. push the button three times to turn it on. That's but, okay. but buttons are hard. Yeah, they yeah. are. It's, it's Saturday morning. Come on. No. Uh, of course, hope y'all are doing well. Um, so we got a lot to cover on today's show. It's kind of a layout where we're going to go. Talk a little bit about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 here as we kick off today's show. But later on in the show, uh, Built Bar has kind of hit the headlines over the past week or so. Uh, dueling stories and conjecture and drama, drama, yeah, exactly. Drama. We love it. Uh, so we're going to be joined by Alema Pilimai, who is a now a former member of the BYU football program. Just recently graduated. He spent five years, I think, in the program. He, so he's got a unique perspective because he saw NIL come to the forefront. He's benefited from built bar deals in the past, and he also, I think, can kind of quantify. What's happened this week in particular with Bill Barr on the NIL front? So it'll be interesting to hear his perspective. That'll be at 11. We'll get to technical fouls. We'll get to five minutes. Uh, we got a lot to cover on the show. But as we usually do, Michelle, what was the highlight of your week? Hmm. Is there anything? I don't think anything particularly. I, it was a good week, but I don't think anything particularly stood out. Okay. So, hey. you know, it just. Hey. We just cruised on through, and it was fine. Hey, good weeks are good weeks. There's no matter, no, no doubt. Corey, what you got this week? Well, my highlight of the week is not going to be a popular one in Uh-oh. these parts, but uh, my Oklahoma State Cowgirls <laughs> softball team uh, getting sure. to the College World Series, and they lost their first game but winning last night. Unfortunately, it was against Utah. Correct. But uh, they live to fight another day with an 8 to nothing victory last night. Uh, the men's baseball team is in the NCAA tournament as well. They are hosting okay. a regional down in Stillwater. So this is always a popular time of year for Oklahoma State fans because we've got pretty good softball and baseball programs. So uh, they both live to fight another day right now. That's awesome. Well, I, wow. Yeah, congratulations considering, <laughs> let's see, Utah was the lone softball representative in the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, BYU played in essentially what was the NIT of women's yeah, softball. That, that was my understanding. I didn't yes. under, I didn't even know that thing existed until we started uh, playing. There, there were like – I think all of us were kind of not today years old but yeah. like a few weeks back today <laughs> sure. years old when we found out there's a softball nit <laughs> yeah it was kind of interesting but nonetheless uh big news obviously for oklahoma state so con- congratulations to the cowboys and the cowgirls by the way 
Oklahoma State still has the greatest logo for their golf program. Oh, yeah. Swinging Pete. Swinging Pete. Swinging Pete. Have you seen Swinging Pete? I have not. Now I'm I'm Googling. (laughs) A lot of schools have copied Swinging Pete. And there's a lot of cool ones now. Yeah. Uh, But Swinging Pete, I think, was the OG. I think it was the original where they took it and put the golf club. And yeah, yeah, it's Pistol Pete's just a great mascot. But the Swinging Pete logo (laughs) is awesome. (laughs) You find it? Uh Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great logo. It's one of my favorites. I'm obviously a little more invested in the golf realm because I like. I play golf quite a bit, but that that logo alone is is worth the price of admission for Oklahoma State. All right, so I got a lot to cover. Your thoughts, Michelle? You looking at it? I am looking at it. They did a good job with it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. And Corey's Corey's <laughs> right. There have been multiple programs who have kind of copied or lifted elements of it to incorporate in their own pro, in their own programs. But huh. it's a fun one, yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah they're you know. cool. I, it, what is you give it? Your, you give your fans cool gear Imi- to wear. So. Imi- imitation is the highest form of flattery. Exactly. Sincerest floor. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Corey, remind me to show you. There's an old BYU golf logo that I think you'd enjoy. I'll have to show you during it during the break. It's kind of a it's a unique one. They, they call it the Skinny Cougar. It, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a unique one that they have for their golf program. Huh, okay. So it's existed since like the 60s or 70s. It's been around for a long time. All right. So, all right. Anyways, uh, without further ado, though, let's actually get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Let's get to what's the big deal. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. All right, still love that open. I always will. But uh, starting on today's show, the Big 12 wrapped up their annual spring meetings yesterday. They had a media availability. Uh, uh, Brett Yormark, their commissioner, speaking to the media. And, Michelle, my biggest takeaway uh, from yesterday's media availability for the Big 12, and obviously directly is in contrast with, in certain ways with what the Pac-12 has got going on, is there was a big question about conference expansion like what what are you thinking and the comment was interesting from your mark who said this i mean just add let me just read this real quick as we think about the future and ways to create value there's always that option to decouple basketball from football to see if there's further value we can create for the conference uh the obviously there's talk about uconn and gonzaga potentially basketball wise joining the big 12 to bolster that but then they also added this they want to have their conference or, let's see if i can find the right quote here if i apologize i had the first quote pulled up but regardless he said we want to be coast to coast Mm -hmm. with a reputation with regards to the big 12 so uh based on the conversations we had last week with uh brian howell from boulder daily camera his comment from rick george their ad saying that they're looking at all options for colorado are you surprised by anything that came out of the big 12's mouths yesterday no because i mean that's pretty much what they've been saying since Last this, summer, this time last yeah. year, so yeah. it's not anything new. It's it's the same pissing match, just different day. <laughs> like <laughs> to be perfectly honest, sure. uh, I you know I who knows what exactly that means or mm-hmm. where they're looking or or who they potentially have on board. I I I mean obviously that's just not information that you typically tip your hand until you're actually ready to pull the trigger and do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, there there was nothing terribly surprising, earth shattering, re- revelation. No, there was sure. no new revelation there. Yeah. It's it's the same story, different day. Well, and that's the thing about it is that they said they have a plan. So we quote we did discuss expansion and have a great discussion about expansion. In fact, and we have a plan. As I've said along, we have an appetite to be a national conference in our makeup from coast to coast and. That's the thing about this is the Big 12, they've kind of been the lone ranger in a way with regards to considering expanding basketball only-wise, essentially bringing Gonzaga in, potentially bringing UConn basketball in. We don't know about UConn in all sports because, frankly, the Huskies are not very good in some of their other sports. But nonetheless, uh, they've talked about expanding that way to bring in those programs to bolster the basketball element because Brett Yormark is a basketball guy. He worked for the NBA, worked with the what was then the New Jersey Nets. He also worked with Brooklyn Nets for for a while. He knows hoops and the value that hoops can can generate, but he also did acknowledge yesterday that football is the driver in all mm-hmm. of this. So th- we're now in the month of June, and I've thought all along, and I want to get your thought on this. 
June 30 to me feels like a drop dead date in many ways for the Pac-12. Either you're going to expand and add San Diego State before their exit fee out of the Mountain West Conference could potentially double. They go from 17 to 34 million dollars uh, for them to uh, extract themselves from the Mountain West. Also, if you want to get them in place in time for the exit of USC and UCLA this time next year, you need to get them done by June 30. And at the same time, July 1 of 2024 is, if I'm not mistaken, the official end date of what the current Pac-12 media rights deal is. So it just feels like to me the next three to four weeks running up to the end of this month should hold some information, if not what we've all kind of been waiting for. Yeah, I I, I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, I, I got an interesting comment from the San Diego State softball coach. I do remember seeing um, that. Uh, and it's one of those things, look, like I get it. And I agree, typically speaking, yeah. uh, you know, coaches are not where you go for information on this. <laughs> sure. Uh, but it was it was the fact that I didn't actually ask her specifically about that. Mm-hmm. And she brought it up, plus the timeline. It kind of tells me that San Diego State has had some very serious conversations uh, and it matches things that I have been told in the past that they've been put on alert, um, you know, hold tight and wait. Uh, we're planning sure. on bringing you in. This yeah. has been months and months and months and months of <laughs> yeah. waiting on this. Uh, but it did feel like maybe a little bit of a confirmation that that is in fact on the plate on the table. Uh, you know, the other interesting date, to watch with mm-hmm. the Pac-12 is actually coming up on Monday. Apple's having a big yeah, summit not, thingy. They, uh, they and have they, these, yeah. They, I don't they know ty- they, they've typically made big announcements about yeah. um, that's when they announced that they were doing things with MLB, um, with MLS. So there's some thought that may maybe, um, and it would explain the secrecy because apparently, I guess, Apple – is very good at holding holding tight to the vest what what they have going um well, so they are trust so, me cause. so it's it's kind of one of those things that m- might be something but <laughs> then again we've had so many dates on both sides of this thing sure. that have come and gone and nothing's happened and it's just i don't i'm kind of to the point where it's like whatever <laughs> Well, and and see, I'm with you. I can understand some of the apathy in essence with this because it's just been dragging on for so long. And you're right. Apple really, if if all the rumors are to be believed, and you and I have seen all of these conversations out there about Apple potentially being the chief partner with the Pac-12, really bringing the bag, as it were, like delivering the money that the Pac-12 is looking for, but at the same time, We've been cautioned time and time again that Apple does things at their own pace. They will Mm -hmm. not be essentially bullied or forced into pushing their timeline. It will be interesting Monday to see if they do ultimately all of a sudden like the whole Steve Jobs thing. One more thing. Yeah. Guess what? That easily easily could be how they they handle it and how they announce it. The, The interesting part will be is if it is Apple that does it. I am interested to see what the response is, if that makes sense. Do you know where I'm going? Like, yeah. how fans are going to react to understanding that the vast majority, if they're a Pac 12, the school that they're a fan of in the Pac 12, the affiliation, understanding that you're going to streaming. That's going to be the, your chief partner, is a streaming platform. I mean, others have already broken down right now. Yeah. Every. every Every other conference except for the Pac-12 is actually heavier streaming than the Pac-12. So it's really more the Pac-12 just catching up to everybody else. I guess the the bigger point is the Tier 1 rights. The actual, yeah, like the the TV side. Which is fine. For for football. And and especially if this part that I've been told a Mm -hmm. couple of different times ends up being true, Apple has been actively searching out mainstreaming partners, so ESPN, Fox, to hey like if it's a bigger game you can buy us out for this sure like Um, we'll we'll give you we'll give you the rights to this um they i've been told several times that apple's very very willing to work with whoever else wants in on on part of that so if that part's true i don't know that the streaming end of it's really that big of a deal well that wouldn't surprise me at all the pack the 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 Apple would be would tell ESPN or whoever, whoever, like say, hey, oh, you want this game? Okay, 
you can have it for this price or whatever. I'm just interested to see because the biggest thing that, it's, that all of this seems to hinge on is how much money can be delivered by Brett, not Brett Yormark, <laughs> by uh, George Klyovkov. <laughs> uh, Yormark already delivered for the for the Big yeah. Twelve, but the question will be how much can will those media rights? What will, will the amount of money, average annual value, the AAV as they call it, where will that number sit? Because that, in many ways, that matters more to each one of these member schools in the Pac-12 than almost where their games are at. Does that make sense? Like they they, yeah. they care more about the actual bottom line, how much money is going to come in versus where their fans are actually going to be able to see them. Yes and no. Okay. It's kind of, again, uh, I know people want to argue and push back on that. These presidents care way more about their research dollars. Well, and and to your point, you are correct because it, I, it would have to be an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly bad number. Like, I mean, just yeah. kind of an unrealistically bad number. Because there's hundreds of millions of dollars in research funding out there. Versus, billions yeah, of dollars. But, like, I'm just, but, but versus tens of millions mm-hmm. in the media rights side of things. The only thing that I wonder about is the, all the rumors about Colorado in particular for me are a bit weird to me because Colorado made the jump to the Pac-12 originally mm-hmm. because of the research affiliation. They could get to the AAU level, tap in, as you mentioned, to the quote-unquote billions of dollars of research funding. But now all the rumors about Colorado jumping back to the Big 12, to me, this is just me thinking about this, is that I think Colorado is just sick of, of sitting around and waiting. They they want to – they want action. They, they might be trying to – force a hand okay. uh, and get like I I have had someone speculate that to me. Um I did have a conversation with two very separate people this mm-hmm. week and they both have stated that people have been reading way 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 too much into the Colorado comments. Okay. Well we'll <laughs> I we'll see. I we'll see. Um ob- obviously it's not impossible. Sure. Like anything's Anything's possible at this point. Like anything's possible, but uh, it, it was interesting having two different people reach out to me and say, "Look, like the this has been overblown significantly. Like, yes, they've done due diligence, but so has every other Pac-12 school. You're a terrible president if you're not <laughs> making sure you have a Plan B and a Plan C in place in case things go sideways. Okay. But, but again, we'll we'll see." Uh, and, and again, the the comment I got as well that perhaps Colorado is trying to force a hand or speed this up. They're a just little trying bit. to get it done. Um, may maybe because they're sick of constantly having to answer this question every other month. <laughs> you know, are you leaving? Are are you staying? Are you leaving? Yeah. Um, so it, it's gonna be. I this week's gonna be interesting. Um, this entire month is going to be, I think, very interesting as far as. What goes on here? What happens here? Well, and I, I think that's a very good point. Is that they they may be trying to essentially throw some weight around to just yeah, as you mentioned, force somebody's hand or force the Pac-12's hand and say, you know what, just tell us what's going on here because they've been sitting by so often and they probably are. Yeah, you're right. They're probably sick of answering the question with a non-answer all the time. I'm sick of answering the question. Oh, I, I, I don't <laughs> so think, I can only imagine how they yeah, feel. But I don't think I don't think you're alone in that because. <laughs> the situation at hand is you look at it and say, okay, in a way you feel bad for them because they'd like nothing more than to be able to go out and say, this is what it is. That's what we're doing. This is what it is. This is what we're doing. Move on and bother someone else. Yeah. ACC, you're up now. Sure. And that's the thing is kind of the the next domino to fall would be the ACC after that, after Mm -hmm. that, because we hear about seven teams in the ACC are like, no, we ain't about, we ain't about how things are going right now. But all of this is so uh, interesting to me because it just continues to kind of get kicked down the road, if that makes sense. Cause yeah. It, uh, I mean, that's really ultimately all this is. And I know your Mark's getting dunked on because he wants to maybe, you know, look into making basketball a bigger deal for the sure. Big 12. The Pac-12 is getting dunked on because they're looking at streaming as being kind of this new, fancy, innovative. The thing is, these... Two conferences, they're on the outside looking in at the moment if we think things continue to go the way they're going to go. This is all about self-preservation. And self-preservation sometimes means 
you have to think a little ahead and outside the box. And that's mm-hmm. really what both of these conferences are doing at the moment. They're doing it in very different ways and they're handling it in very different ways. One's very quiet and discreet mm-hmm. and not, you know, not saying a whole lot uh, and investigating the tech realm, which sure. I mean, they have a heavy hand in uh, because of, again, just the kind of focus on education mm-hmm. that they have that, that they just have a lot of people that are involved in the tech world and want to be involved with them with the tech world. And then on the other hand, you know, you have the Big 12 that has a pretty rich history in basketball, mm-hmm. always kind of have. Why not look into tapping into that? Why not seeing if you can't possibly, you know, make that a thing? It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work e- either sure. way. Yeah. Like, but I mean, you're kind of you're kind of at a point where you either have to try something or the old methods have not worked. Like, you've got to maybe look at oh, okay. We've been bashing our head against this wall over here. Maybe we should just, you know, try something yeah. different. And yeah. just just to see. That's and, and you know, the Big Twelve's been a lot more boisterous and loud about it. Oh yeah. And it's it's just it's it's just kind of one of those things like I wish everybody would just take a step back <laughs> and just realize these two are doing almost exactly the same thing. It's just in a different way. Yeah. You're all in the same boat. Well, and yeah, that, that's the interesting part about it, is just the different approaches to all of this. And I Here's the thing. This week, I, I you saw you probably saw the Holiday Bowl. Uh, the organizers mm-hmm. of Holiday Bowl have now sued the Pac-12 and UCLA for another three million dollars because UCLA uh, backed out. Yeah, backing out of their game less than five hours before that 2021 game. And I, I saw it. And the thing about this is, it's three million dollars when you already owed. If you believe the reports between fifty and seventy million to Comcast, whoever that broadcast partner yeah. is. It's small potatoes in a way, but it, 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 it's the headline. It's the headline. It adds to what is already kind of a negative connotation about what the Pac-12 is dealing with right now. But to your to your point is both conferences are approaching it in different ways. Mm-hmm. The Big 12, they're over there crowing, and I can understand why they're crowing is because they essentially – they were behind the Pac-12 in line, jumped around them, secured their deal, and now the Pac-12 is out there kind of like waving in the wind in a way while the Big 12 is over there like, hey, guys, what's up? Like th- th- That's why I think the, the Big 12 is kind of go- approaching the way that they're going because they're secure. They they know that I, – and I guess that's a little and, bit assumptive th- on our part that the Pac-12 doesn't actually know what they're doing. Sure. It just feels like they don't know what they're doing. Headlines suggest that. Headlines suggest that. Yeah. That may or may not be true. We don't yeah. exactly know. But in the media realm. <laughs> this is what it looks like. Yeah. And yes. That, <laughs> and see, and, but that, that, so that, I think that, that, I think your point is well made that both are approaching, they're both doing the same thing, mm-hmm. but in different ways. Mm-hmm. And the other issue is they're, the whole thing is perception is reality. And we're going to talk about another perception is reality thing with Bill Bar here in a minute. The perception is the Bill Bar didn't pay out anything. When, in fact, they've paid out millions in, it, it, to BYU and their players. They just missed on one aspect of mm-hmm. it. But here's the thing. The headline... Yeah, the headline... Suggests otherwise, if that makes not, sense. It's not flattering. So it's... <laughs> I don't know. I, this is such an interesting thing because, I, I, to me, it just feels like this month should bring some resolution in some form. But at the same time... As if history teaches us anything, it could be kicked down the can, and can be kicked down the road even further. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, the Pac-12's current contract is not up until about this time next, next up, year. Yeah, next year, yeah. So they if, still have time. Yes. If they wanted to, <laughs> you want to go through? You want to go through another year of these, Michelle? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I really, please, guys, like, please, for my sanity, yeah, yeah. for my sanity, wrap this up. <laughs> I don't think you're. Um, I don't think you're alone on that. But, but I mean, realistically speaking, uh-huh. if if they wanted to, they sure. could. And and again, I I think that kind of illustrates once more. There's been this weird timeline that's mm-hmm. been put up when really the timeline is July first, twenty twenty four. Sure, like and. They have until then. Yeah. I, I think the only reason why people say that there's like this, I, as you mentioned, the actual deadline's next summer, but I think why people have put like this arbitrary deadline on it is traditionally the way that these conference 
conferences have worked with their media rights deals in the past is they've always announced usually a year ahead of time. Right. Which Pac-12 is actually on track for that. Sure. So, it, it so look, this, count, that this countdown yeah. thing has been a little weird. <laughs> Um, you know, starting almost yeah. in- instantly, like last August. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, they better have they better have this, or it's time's up. And yeah. it's like we are still like almost two years out from this deal being over. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been weird. It, it is weird. The, the, like I said, this is going to be an amazing case study years down the road mm-hmm. for up and coming journalists. Yeah, and up and coming sports marketing specialists. Oh yeah, and PR PR people well, like all, it's, all who are involved will learn from it. It's it examining the Big Twelve, examining the Pac twelve. Mm-hmm especially once things are kind of wrapped up and we know where this is going to go and and what's going to ultimately happen. But there are going to be a lot of conversations had about this whole thing because it's been a little absurd at moments. (laughs) Sure. Um, and, And it's a totally new realm that, again, a lot of people have not ever had to deal with before. And so there there's going to be a lot of, hey, like this is what you do. This is not what you do. Yeah, it, it it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. But uh, we'll continue to track it until we finally have some resolution, and then we'll then we'll break down what the actual outcomes are. Come on, Michelle. Just- <sighs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the NBA. The NBA Finals are underway. Game one is in the books. Coming up later on, Elena Peely, my former BYU defensive lineman, uh, will kind of help us make heads and tails from the player perspective of what's going on on the NIL front, especially when it comes to the Bilt Bar deal that BYU's been dealing with over the past week or so. Some more to come. This is the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Saturday show. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning, wherever you're tuning in from. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, breaking things down as we usually do each week here on The Zone. And uh, Michelle, uh, NBA Finals are ongoing. Uh, it feels, uh, here's the thing, with the NBA Finals, it feels just as, like the playoffs itself feels just as long as the regular season in the NBA. We started this season way back in early October, and we're barely into June, and we still have at least three games to go in these finals, if not potentially pushing it out to five, six, or seven games, which could push us to mid to late June. It just, the playoff, and by the way, the playoffs started in April. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> NBA is a long season. It's a long process. That's kind of why I it's not really my cup of tea and I don't follow. It's just too much. It is a lot. It's too much. But, uh, I mean, now, now that softball is kind of over for me, I don't know. Maybe I'll tune into a game or two of this final series and see what happens. Well, they, they so they played game one the other night. Uh, Miami had uh, just come out of a pretty hard fought Eastern conference finals win. Whereas Denver swept the Lakers and been sitting for nine days. And there was a whole debate of rest versus rust. And, uh, Denver had made their first finals. Let's just put it this way. The rest apparently did them some good because they essentially Miami has been a team all postseason long that they're like, you know, the Goonies never say die. Mm -hmm. That's been kind of what Miami's done. No matter you feel like they're buried and they're like, yeah, we're good. We're fine. Yeah. And they don't worry about Jimmy Butler and company (laughs) just come roaring back. There were multiple times it felt like in that game one when Miami started to put together what has become kind of a I don't know how to describe it, like almost like a. It's just a hallmark of their season is where they put on a run and all of a sudden they're right back into the game, even though when you thought they were buried before that. They tried that, it felt like, at least two times in this game one against Denver, and all Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and the rest of the Nuggets did was like, well, that's cute, but let's let's hit a couple of threes here and and nix any and all momentum you guys might have. And it's led to a big conversation now is how quickly could Denver end this series? Uh, I've been seeing a lot of people predict five like five games uh i i mean 
I haven't I haven't watched yet, so I I cannot yeah. speak to that. But I have seen that on my Twitter line a lot. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it based based off of the little rundown you just gave me, it's been a hold my beverage. And the Nuggets have been like, nope, I'm just going to like kick that over. Well, but that, see, that's the thing about this. It's actually, and there was a whole conspiracy theory leading up to this. And uh, Corey, if you want to weigh in on this, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well. Is that the NBA wants Boston and LA? Because like, that was it was the Celtics right. and, the, and the Lakers who were also in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, respectively. But guess what? The two upstarts, if you will, uh, speaking of Miami and Denver, said no, we're 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 playing for it all. I don't know where I where I sit on this because I actually like these two on paper going up against each other because mm-hmm. Miami their history I think what did I see was it if they played in in their franchise history Michelle twenty percent of their seasons have ended in the NBA Finals like they've got a crazy track record of having some pretty high level success in Miami now Denver is playing in their first NBA Finals mm-hmm. ever and the, it's been a franchise kind of been hard luck in a way for years and. I'm just I'm intrigued by the matchup on paper, but game one suggests to me that Denver may say, as you mentioned, hold my beverage like hey, hold my beverage, and Denver's like tossing against yeah, the wall. It's like no. no, get out, get out of the way. It just <laughs> I don't know, Corey. What do you what do you got? I just feel like this series is one where so the the Heat coming through the Eastern Conference, they yeah. played against some undisciplined teams oh, yeah. that like to try to take you one on one. Guys that want to go out. The Celtics, None they more so should, than Boston. Yeah, yeah, Boston is so much more talented than Miami. They should yeah. have been able to win that series, but they just decide, oh, Miami's going to play into this zone. Okay, we'll just keep jacking up threes even though we're not hitting them. Mm-hmm. And we'll just try to take guys one-on-one. We'll make come around one screen and shoot an off-balance three. We'll, they were just playing so undisciplined. Yeah. And then you come in and play against Denver, and it's a completely different ball game. Like the other game, in game one, Nikola Jokic comes out before he's even taken a shot. He already has six assists. Yeah. That's something the Heat haven't faced anywhere in the Eastern Conference. Now you've got a seven-footer that's out there playing point center, mm-hmm. and he just distributes to everybody, and they get such good shots. And the Miami Heat feasted on teams that were willing to take bad shots all throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. And now Denver, pretty much, I would say 80% of the time, Denver gets a wide-open look from somebody. If it's not a dunk, it's a wide-open three, it's a wide-open mid-range, and Jokic is such a big part of that and they just feed off of him and to have the guy who is arguably the best player in the game right now be so unselfish that he's got six assists before even attempting a field goal it's just not something we've seen in a long time in basketball with a player like that and it's just a completely different matchup for the heat i I think they're screwed i I don't see how they win a game in this series well to your point and i'll let michelle weigh in on this as well is that my miami you're right they have the miami beat teams who were you mentioned were willing to just They've outpunched their weight. Go one and one. Go one on one. Whereas this Denver team, especially led by Nikola Jokic, they their ball movement is so much fun to watch. Jokic will catch it in the high post. You have guys cutting three different ways. It feels like off of his movement, and he's got the court vision as a six foot eleven, seven foot big man who's got incredible passing ability. We're talking. This is John Stockton esque type ability to see the court and, deli- but it makes everything go, and that's the problem. Corey's right. Miami's like scrambling on defense. Meanwhile, Denver's like, all right, there's that guy in the corner for the three. It, it, it's crazy to watch. Interesting. Yeah, no, I I mean, the way you've described this to me, Miami has been a team that's by far and away outpunched their weight. On paper, on, yeah. On paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's gone them here. You know, maybe some teams didn't take them terribly seriously, and they took full advantage of that. Uh it sounds like Denver's not going to play that game with them. So, and, and to your point, new blood, but it sounds like, you know, kind of evenly distributed talent and mm-hmm. your 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 point of movement. Yeah. Uh the the guy that kind of makes it all go is unselfish. Oh, so incredibly it, so by the way. When I mean, you know, when you have someone that super talented that's willing to trust the people around him that's really hard to stop mm-hmm. well and you're, you're right and that that's the thing is when you have this Denver team their core's been together for long enough now and I'm speaking mainly of uh, of Jokic Jamal Murray and you probably include Aaron Gordon in that conversation 
I think that they they understand what they're doing out there. And their coach Michael Malone, he is he's about as regimented an NBA coach as you're going to find in today's game. Like there's a lot of coaches out there. I already talked about this earlier with NBA. These players are making more than you as the coach. So in all reality, all you really can do is like suggest in a way. But Malone <laughs> seems to have a handle on Denver unlike most coaches where they 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 do what he says. And he's got a he's got a superstar at center. Like, what a find! The forty first pick. Did you see the picture by the way earlier this week when he the, of the NBA draft when he was drafted? It was a picture of a, a Taco Bell burrito. Taco Bell burrito. While he got drafted, he, they like, were in Taco Bell they, commercial. They were in a commercial. Oh it's literally this burrito, and it says Nikola Jokic, Serbia. <laughs> it's just like what a legendary moment Ooh, in retrospect. Because wow. he's the forty first pick in the second round. You're not supposed to be a two time MVP. Yeah coming from that spot in the draft. But it's absolutely incredible. A couple other NBA notes before we take a break here. I do want to get to uh, the Utah Jazz, a G League affiliate, the Salt Lake City Stars, to play over the Maverick Center. Uh, they've hired former Marquette coach Steve Wojcikowski as their new head coach. Uh, I think this is an interesting one because Wojcikowski, I think people missed this in the headlines. He's been living in Park City the last two years. His wife, her parents live here in Salt Lake. So when oh. he got let go by Marquette, they came to Utah. He had a very good relationship, obviously, being Duke guys uh, with Quinn Snyder. So he was hanging around the Jazz, kind of doing things. There was some thought that he would eventually, if Quinn Snyder were to stick around, he would have joined Snyder's staff. But it's interesting to me that Snyder leaves, and now he gets the gig with the Salt Lake City Stars as their head coach. That's cool. I I mean— I just want to say this is this is proof in point that Salt Lake City is much cooler than people give it credit for. Like well, everybody's secretly living here. They're they're more than you think. There's yeah. no doubt about that. So it, it's just interesting to me that he's getting this opportunity. Uh, the ESPN story because uh, it was funny. Woj broke Wojo news. If that there was that joke going around because Adrian Wojnarowski was the one that first put it out there. Now there's somebody inside the Jazz organization. I'm sure fed that to Woj. But nonetheless. Uh, it's interesting that Will Hardy now as the head coach is hiring a guy who had the relationship with the previous head coach as his as his essentially minor league affiliate head coach. But as the story writes, he has spent time around the Jazz organization over the past two years, especially in the 2021-2022 season because of his longtime relationship with Quinn Snyder. But then adds this, he spent time this past season attending Jazz practices and building a relationship with Will Hardy. So Hardy apparently respects what Wojo knows enough to say, hey, I'm bringing um, Morrison, Scott Morrison, who was the la- last year's Stars head coach. He's going to be joining the Jazz main staff. He's going to be joining mm, okay. Hardy's staff. It's not been officially announced, but it's going to happen sooner rather than later. But he apparently values this guy enough, has him here living locally, and says, you know what? I want to bring you into the fold. I want, I want you to run our minor league where we're going to bring – they have three draft picks in the first round. And Ben Anderson mentioned this yesterday with Jake and Ben. Very real possibility that any one of those three, if not all three of them, could spend extensive time next year playing with the Stars and playing for Wojo. I mean, here's the thing. Smart smart coaches bring in people that they like and they trust. Yeah. And here's the thing. like How uh, Quinn Snyder left was not like the smoothest transition. No. It, it was a little... It was abrupt. It was a little abrupt rocky contentious mm-hmm. uh but it seems to me uh that will hardy trusts respects you know yeah. what quinn quinn snyder saw enough and here's the thing quinn snyder did a good job like despite the the contentious <laughs> nature of how things sure. ended he did a good job he got a lot out of his roster mm-hmm. up until the end um and so I think, you know, it was smart on Will Hardy's part, and I don't know how this all came to be, sure. obviously, uh, but to to kind of pick up what he was putting down and maybe trust that he knows something about this guy and bringing him into the fold. Well, and I think you're right. I think coaches know good coaches, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he, 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 I think Hardy, real, real recognizes real. Yeah, and I think Hardy realizes, you know, okay, this guy's got something he can offer, and Maybe he falls flat on his face. Maybe he soars and ends up joining the Jazz. Similar to Morrison, because Morrison pushed the Stars into the playoffs this year. Pretty impressive job by him, all things considered. And that's the, now the opportunity for a guy like Wojciechowski to come in and do his thing. Corey, what do you want to? Well, this is tough for me, because while I'd like for him to come here and have success, 
Uh, Wojo is like number three on my rankings of Duke white guys that I hated the most. I can understand that, yes. I mean, there was Christian Leitner, there was J.J. Redick, yeah. and then it was Wojo, the way he used to slap the floor the, when the team was coming down on defense. That, he's the one that originated oh that, that floor slap that Duke does. Oh, really? he's, so, he's the guy who, who perpetrated or originated so that. So I'd like for him to succeed, but I couldn't stand watching that guy play basketball. I, you're not alone. I don't, Sorry, Grayson Allen should rank a high, a higher he, than him. He's fourth. Okay, Grayson he, Allen. You're, you're not you're not wrong with that because there's trust me you're not the only one out there who's like oh, that guy really the, he's a former <laughs> defensive player of the year in the ACC in some of the some of the greatest teams that Coach K ever fielded down there in Durham it's gonna be interesting to see where it all shakes out now the final thing I want to get to on the NBA front real quick is that uh, Adam Silver uh, spoke to the media ahead of Game One of the NBA Finals the NBA has uh, decided on discipline for Ja Morant but they're not going to announce it until the finals is over intrigue yeah and so they said they don't want to upstage the finals and i can get that but he also did add they have found other in info like in their like kind of looking into this because he was uh disciplined a second time obviously if that gun was flashed a second time right. on the instagram video the memphis grizzlies are very quick to say he's suspended like we're we're not having anything to do with this right now but i'm interested to see what the ultimate outcome of this is and what by the way what other things they found because he's got his quote-unquote posse was found to be sh- uh pointing like a laser like the like would be yeah, on a gun yeah, yeah. at the team bus for the indiana indiana pacers and that seems to be like the fourth or fifth thing down the list similar to what you're talking about with the duke guys he's got like this list of things that have been done yeah. in very <clears throat> short succession i'm interested to see what the nba does if they're going to really kind of like it feels it feels like they're going to bring the hammer if they're if they're saying that they're not trying to upstage the finals yeah and that uh, to me i'm with you on that i think like i i don't know may, maybe it goes the other way and they don't want to deal with the out the public outrage and have that be distract from but it kind of feels more like uh he he's in some deep ish and uh <laughs> well, and uh the the hammer may be coming down well and it's gonna be interesting because he does obviously he, there will be if they do as you mentioned hammer him Obviously, through the National Basketball Players Association, the NBPA, he can obviously appeal for arbitration and appeal whatever suspensions slash fine, whatever. He can appeal all of that. But I'm with you. To me, the fact that they're holding off on this, there's a twofold thing for me. Yes, I do think they're going to bring the hammer on him because I, I think that they want they want to make sure that the reputation of the league is not sullied in any way, shape, or form by this young man, who, by the way, is one of the top five most watchable guys in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're Adam Silver, you're like, can you can you grow up a little bit, Jaw? Like this kid draws eyeballs. Why are you, you screwing all, all this up for us? For all parties, he he draws eyeballs for the right and wrong reasons. Yes. The other thing about this to me is we all know that the NBA is a league that likes to be a year-round league. If that makes sense, they're making headlines all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing: you're gonna get through the finals. You're gonna have the NBA draft. The week after that, nothing. Bingo. That's when I think this news comes down to keep the NBA in the headlines. I'm a conspiracy theorist about the NBA. I always have been, and I think that's how it's going to go. You got something, Corey? Well, I I just think that this is a situation of Adam Silver being media savvy because he he knows that right now the NBA Finals is the biggest story happening Mm -hmm. in sports, and people are going to tune in to the coverage of what's happening, watch the NBA shows on ESPN, on Fox, all that. And if John Morant gets suspended and they list everything he does, that's going to be 75% of all the coverage Mm -hmm. and then maybe 25% talking NBA Finals. You saw what happened with just LeBron making a comment and how that completely (laughs) overshadowed Denver even making their first ever NBA Finals. And I think he wants the focus to just be on the basketball right now and say, you know what, we're going to deal with the bad stuff. But when the bad stuff is out there, the media tends to focus almost all of their attention on the bad That's and true. not talk about the good. And he's not going to let that happen while the finals are happening. Yeah. It, it was kind of funny that LeBron, I may consider retiring, which I'm really not going to, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to dominate the news cycle for the next 48 hours with a, what was it? 10 word comment. It was just crazy, but nonetheless, it's weird that a guy that anoints himself King <laughs> uh, would make the story about him. I know that I know. seems weird. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. You know, how th- listen this, this is the media game anymore that's just kind of but it's crazy we'll see what happens but interesting to see how uh, game two of the finals pans out it's my thought if if denver does what they did in game one in game two 
this could be a, a series that could be over in four games. It could be a complete sweep, and would be which would be unfortunate because Miami's had such an incredible run through the playoffs already. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll get to uh, uh, technical fouls. We got some good ones out there, by the way. Uh, we'll get to that next. Also coming up at eleven o'clock once again. Alema Peely, my former BYU defensive lineman, talking about what's going on with Bill Barr and the BYU football program. Still more to come right here on the Saturday Show. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the KSL Sports Zone. It's time, as you heard, for technical fouls, where we essentially reward people for behaving badly in sports and make fun of them at the same time. It's kind of a unique aspect of the show. Uh, I didn't know this, by the way. So uh, Jake Scott mentioned this. So Jake used to do a Saturday like show like we do way back when for the zone. Uh, apparently he did technical fouls all the way way back then. So it's been around huh. for lo- longer than I even knew it was around. So. Crazily enough, but uh, having fun all the same. All right, Michelle, I'm going to let you start us off this week. What do you got? Okay, so this one's kind of serious. Uh, Police have rushed Europa League uh, referee Anthony Taylor and his family into a private room at Budapest International Airport after fans of Italian club Roma surrounded them. Mm -hmm. It comes after a controversial end to the Europa League final, which saw Spanish club Sevilla... Uh, lift the trophy after a 4-1 win on penalties after the sides finished regular and extra time clock at one all. Uh, you know, I, look, here's the thing. I get it. Like, sometimes the refs suck. Like, sure. like 1,000%. Does not mean that you should swarm them, surround them, stalk their families, throw stuff at them as they leave the stadium. You know, just booing and voicing your displeasure is plenty. Okay, the the problem with this is I feel like Roma fans are taking the lead of their head coach, Jose Mourinho, who is a notorious hothead, by the way. Uh, yeah, uh, a, a little Italian man is a hothead? Or? He's, he's actually from Portugal. <laughs> oh, but, okay. but he, in the, in the, like the loading dock area mm-hmm. after the game... He called the referee a bleeping disgrace and called him bleeping crooks. Like so, in some ways, they're almost following the lead of the man that they call their head coach. I don't know. It. You're right. Don't do this. Yeah. But it. Man, I don't know. It feels like in some ways Roma fans may have been taking a lead from the guy who's leading their team. And it, I, I mean, in fairness, I. You know what? Maybe maybe that like Pac-12 rule, and I'm pretty sure it's other other conferences as well uh-huh. that the coaches is not. The coaches are not allowed to say anything yeah. bad about the refs yeah. or else they get fined. Maybe maybe that's a good practice. Yeah. So, yeah, he confronted Taylor in the car park and could be yelling, bleeping disgrace, man. It's a bleeping disgrace. And then he began to speak Italian as he turned to the team bus before approaching Taylor again and calling them bleeping crooks, man. So... There you go. And they might be. And they, they, they might be. Guys, over, there, I, it, over there, there's a lot of corruption. In the world of soccer? And, yeah, come on. For sure. There's money being laundered everywhere. Yeah. All right. What do you like for us, Corey? Uh, I'll keep it in the world of soccer, okay. but my technical foul goes to the entire RSL team. All right. Uh, Wednesday night was an absolute joke. Uh, the last place yeah. LA Galaxy come in. And, okay, you go into halftime, you're down a goal, mm-hmm. but you come out and respond quickly. Yeah. And you take a two-to-one lead. And then you let them put two in your net, and you lose three to two at home against the last place team in the league. I mean, this team is so frustrating. It's so frustrating watching them try to score. And I know people love Demir Krylock in this city, but he's completely ineffective out there on the field. He makes almost no impact. When Rubio Rubin is on the field, I know he didn't play the other night. He makes a negative impact, not no impact, a negative impact. Yeah. It is really frustrating to watch some of the guys that Pablo continues to run out there. And I know it's like, okay, who's he going to put out there? It's on, you know, ownership. It's on, you know, the front office to make sure that they have the right players. Andres Gomez, they spent a bunch of money to come on. He's made very little impact Mm -hmm. so far. This, I think he's got one goal 
uh, it's in MLS play. It's just yeah. really frustrating watching this team right now. But to do what they did Wednesday night against the cellar dweller, I mean, this team right now is tied with Sporting Kansas City in points. Sporting Kansas City didn't win a game the yeah. first two months of the season. Two months. Yeah. No and, wins. And they're tied in points with RSL. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's the thing about this is you're right. Uh, RSL, they – I was I was on I was on the call for that game. I was doing pre half and post for it. And you're right. Midway through that second half, I'm like, okay, they've restored order. Yeah. This this LA Galaxy team, which is stunning to me, because the LA Galaxy have been the kind of the the gold standard in Major League Soccer for better or worse in certain circumstances for decades. And now they're the clearly the worst team in the league. They just fired their team president. Chris oh, I don't Klein. know. RSL might be. I. <laughs> Your point is well taken. Yes, they may, they're, they're a little bit in free fall in a way right now. You should have handled that game. And to go up 2-1, and then as you, it felt like they got really lackadaisical out there. They just felt really loose and said, okay, well, we, we got up on the Galaxy. They're going to crumble. The Galaxy, to their credit, said, nope. There's still goals out here to go get, and they went out and got them. And they get out with three two victory, and you're right. It, it was a, it's egg on the face of that entire RSL. Yeah, and then squad. you you know sometimes we think oh yellow cards are no big deal, but Justin Glad because accumulation of yellow cards wasn't able to play in the game, mm-hmm. and they missed him big time. So yeah, they, miss- when the yellow cards start to accumulate, they are a big deal. And they're going to miss Pablo Ruiz tonight against yep. Austin. By the way, a five thirty pregame on that. I will be on the call again tonight for pre half and post. So I don't know. I know Michelle, you have a little bit of soccer background, but it. it, it they should not have lost that. <laughs> yeah, uh, should not have lost that one because LA's in free fall mode. Fire team president, coach is on the hot seat. Okay, I see. I've missed all of that. Yeah, uh, I was kind of wondering why they were last place because for a while they were definitely a thorn in everybody's side. Yeah, tr- well, okay. You look at their jersey. They got what six stars above that crest now. They've won multiple MLS cups, but. This, this is maybe the worst version of the LA Galaxy, and the fact that they can come into what is because what was then Rio Tinto Stadium, now America First Field, used to be an absolute bastion mm-hmm. for Real Salt Like Teams came here and were like, "Crap, yeah, we're not getting out of here." It, guess what? RSL in eight home matches this year has is it four wins, four losses? It, it's it's just not been the fortress it used to be. Yeah, I I mean it happens. It, it does, but. In that circumstance, that one, that's going to leave a mark. So, crazy note. Uh, All right. We are overtime. Good stuff, though. Soccer World always delivers, by the way, with crazy stuff. (laughs) I was going to talk about one. There's an MMA fighter who had his eye gouge and he was bleeding all over the place. And they let the fight continue. Like Gross. Like, legitimately, it was just disgusting. Like, blood. There's blood in MMA. But... (laughs) This dude got an eye gouge and can probably barely see it, and they just let the fight continue. I'm like, what is going on here? But anyways, so technical foul on that referee. You should, you know, still care about the athlete's welfare. Uh, just tiny bit. Eyes are, tiny you know, bit. kind of important, but nonetheless. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we're going to have Alema Peely might join us next. Former BYU defensive lineman is going to try and help us make heads and tails of what's going on with regards uh, to the – uh, situation that Built Bar and BYU football find themselves in. That's coming up next right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.